It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your good podcast from. It is a Tuesday morning, so great to get rid of Monday Blues, August the 15th today. And coming up this morning, now we're going to be talking all things Adelaide in just a moment and just a reminder too about the projected growth rate that Domain talked about a month or so ago. They're projecting 2 to 5% growth for Adelaide's housing prices by the end of next year. And that particular amount of growth, if you're wondering what that does to the median house price, well, they're forecasting a price range between 837000 to 861000 which really does just underscore the sustained increases of the property market in Adelaide. And once again, we are catching up with Kate Fuller, your local Adelaide buyer agent this morning and you wouldn't be too surprised by that growth spurt by the end of next year? Good morning. No, not surprised at all. Obviously, that's um, average or the median house price as well. So some of the lower price points are probably going to see increased growth to that 2 to 5%, but not a surprise at all. It's still so affordable for what you get in return. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely more affordable than most uh, cities, that's for sure. And given the increasing number of buyers acquiring property at the moment, we this morning are going to be having a look at people acquiring property in South Australia from different states for investment or relocation purposes, uh, because it's uh, crucial to recognise that procedural and legal, I guess, demands as they diverge differently across different states. It really is. It's really important to know the differences between the states, especially if you're located elsewhere and purchasing interstate. With each state having their own real estate legislation, it's important to have a full understanding so that there's no nasty surprises at the time of purchase. There we go. There's things to look out for if you are doing that. We will discuss that more because I think a lot of people are getting caught out with this and Kate has the complete rundown. So we'll do that next. We are more than just a real estate podcast. We cover a multitude of subjects, including property data, current buyer-seller sentiment, and the mood of the market. Follow each week all of the main talking points and know your property. Don't forget to subscribe. We have hundreds of episodes, all designed to help you better understand the constantly evolving and dynamically changing real estate property market. Well, six months after CoreLogic's prediction about the fixed rate cliff where around 1.3 million home loans would transition from low fixed rates to high variable rates, you know the one, the one that we've been talking about, well, we're currently at the peak of this transition period. And unusually, there's been a rise, of course, in new property listings. However, the risk of defaults remains limited in Australia's substantial mortgage market, according to CoreLogic, due to the tight labour market conditions and housing resilience. And it's backed up by APRA, 
APRA data indicates low housing credit arrears at the moment, which is great to hear. And the addition of new listings doesn't necessarily indicate that forced sellings are taking place due to higher mortgage costs. But CoreLogic says that it is a significant metric to monitor as more mortgage holders face higher interest expenses. Well, we certainly know that it is happening. It's just to the scale of what is happening in terms of those forced sales. Got a shout out to Karen Duncan on the Gold Coast. Uh, You're turning 39 today, Karen. Happy birthday. And today, of course, being August the 15th. And Jennifer Lawrence is also celebrating with you. She's turning 32. How many movies has Jennifer Lawrence made? She's going to be another Meryl Streep. She's going to do a ton of movies by the time she is 65. Ben Affleck is turning 50. I'm sure J-Lo's got something organised for Ben. And Deborah Messing, you might remember from Will and Grace, she is turning 54 today. It's the main centre forecast. And let's have a look at your weather around the country. First we go to Sydney, cloudy with that chance of some rain today, 17 degrees. Melbourne, partly cloudy. You're going to see a little bit of sunshine, 13 degrees, so not exactly a heat wave. Brisbane, on the other hand, mainly fine, a little bit of cloud, 27. And in Perth today, cloudy and expecting some rain rain as well. 19 is your high. Navigate the world of real estate like a pro with expert insights, opinions and trends to up your game and knowledge when buying your next property. And it is a Tuesday morning and as I mentioned, when buying from a different state, it's imperative to acquaint yourself with the correct procedures and terminology for effective preparation of what you are buying, what you are are doing. And Kate Fuller is back with us, your local Adelaide buyer's agent, who will enlighten us on key distinctions. And that's really the point being made here, the key distinctions in property acquisitions within Adelaide and in particular South Australia, because when purchasing in South Australia, the timeframes, procedures and legal aspects can differ from what buyers are accustomed to. So, Kate, for those without experience in this uh, region, what are the primary methods of property acquisition across different state lines? While there's not major differences, there's those little little items that may, may differ between the states. So, here in Adelaide, the most common way to purchase is actually private treaty, whereas in eastern states, it may be seen more as auction. This is where there's the best offer, where conditions can be written into an offer and therefore following through with a contract. And they may consist of subject to finance, sale of another property or a pest and building inspection. However, the least complex offer will often attract the high attention from the vendor and the sales agent. Other most popular means of sale is auction. So where it is unconditional, when that hammer falls, it's your purchase. And so all due diligence needs to be conducted prior to the auction, including the pest and building inspection and confirmation of your finance or funds available through cash. 
So one difference here is that a pre-settlement inspection isn't a regular occurrence as it does occur in other states. And then terminology relating to the different types of housing and the legal documentation varies across the country. So it is really important to ensure you have a full understanding of what is being referred to. In line with that, I think one important thing that we find as a stumbling block at times when working with clients from interstate is just the different terminology and who is to be involved at what stage. So we use conveyances here. They have solely studied the legislation individual to the state, whereas saying Queensland solicitors are the current go-to. So conveyances have to be licensed as well to act in the state that they are conducting business in. And can you elaborate on the variance in the sequence of documentation? Because I think this is an area which can really be helpful for people. Looking at the documentation and its corresponding terminology, because sometimes people don't know what the terminology means. (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. So we often have clients from interstate who are used to receiving copies of searches or the certificate of title, making up the vendor disclosure statement prior to them actually making an offer. Whereas here it is a lot more common to receive this as part of what's called the form one here. This is the document that once issued commences the cooling off period. So I know elsewhere in Victoria that is referred to as a section 32 whereas here it's the Form 1. This once again differs with an auction campaign. The Form 1 is required to be made available at the sales agent's office or to potential purchases for three business days prior to the auction, as well as on auction day. When you're making an offer for a private treaty sale, it is available generally after that offer has been accepted rather than before. And the cooling off period, which you mentioned, that really does hold significance in the the whole buying process because I think people probably need that little bit of an insight into, into how that functions, especially in South Australia. Yeah, so here in South Australia, the cooling off period for residential property runs for two clear business days. So as an example, if a Form 1 is issued on a Monday, the cooling off period will expire Wednesday at midnight. This is then your opportunity to finalise all due diligence. And when we as a buyer's agents will often arrange for the building and pest inspection to take place and any renegotiations. It's also where you can change of mind as there is no penalty here. So I understand in Victoria, there is a penalty which can add up to thousands of dollars. Um, New South Wales has a longer cooling off period of five days. Victoria is the three, whereas Western Australia actually doesn't currently have a cooling off period involved unless specifically requested. So South Australia's is in the mid-range there, um, but without penalty, as opposed to if we're buying at auction, there is obviously no cooling off period at all. But yes, that two clear business days is what is expected. And it's really important to know what your rights and obligations are as a purchaser. Yeah, and that is a very valid and very important thing to know for a lot of uh, first-time buyers that will be coming into the area. So just in terms of uh, building inspections too, especially for first-home buyers, maybe just looking at the responsibility of the building inspection and should there be any awareness of any additional costs? Yes, so building inspection is commonly the purchaser's responsibility here. 
So we will often mention this as our part of our offer and then arrange to have it conducted during the cooling off period. So it's also not seen as a negative to the vendor that we're going to take extra time or you can offer it that it be written into the contract as a separate clause with a time period attached. Now the cost of that building inspection is also at the purchaser's responsibility. The other item that sometimes takes interstate purchases by surprise is stamp duty. So while that's across the board and each state has their own variance on what this will cost, it is at a higher level here in South Australia to most. So it's something that needs to be accounted for by the purchaser. So the other item that needs to be considered as well is obviously the deposit. So it's often assumed that that's 10%, but it can actually be negotiated to a different level of around 5%. This is payable in full the next business day after the cooling off period has finished. So it's really important to have everything lined up and those funds available. Um, It's different to other states, again, that will require within different timeframes and from signing of the contract. So once again, it's just really important to know where you're at and what your obligations are and not landing yourself in hot water at the end. All right, great. Thank you very much, Kate Fuller. You enjoy your day in Adelaide. Thank you so much. You have a good day too. Don't navigate the real estate market alone. Let us help guide you in the world of real estate every day. Make better informed decisions with the latest news and insights. The concerns, of course, they remain high, don't they, Vincent? Because it's almost like you're just waiting now for the next one that possibly can just push you that bridge too far. That is correct. And a lot of us are being pressured not only by the first mortgage, but also it feels like our generation uh, for the very first time are being faced with the real possibility of a financial hardship. The word temporary actually creates a lot of anxiety around it. Some of us have kids, we have other obligations. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 